you go into, well, maybe if I just made more money. Right. I was broke. I didn't have as much money. Maybe, maybe if I, I had more money, then, then things would be a little bit easier for me. Okay. I blamed a lot of my marriage. I said, maybe if I was just separated. So literally I separated and I was just like, I'm just going to live on my own. That was a huge, huge mistake. Because when you're by yourself all the time, because yeah. removing yourself, I thought like if I remove myself from, from what's causing this pain, I'll be in a better position. Well, all I did was take one pain and put it in another place and I was just pain by myself. Hello and welcome to Be The Wolf. I am your host, Jenea Barnes. Many people struggle to be the fullest, biggest, truest versions of themselves. They bend to fit into other people's ideals of who and what they should be. They tame their brilliance to avoid judgment and gain approval. A long time ago, people attempted to tame the wilderness of Yellowstone National Park by eradicating predators. Taming the wilderness collapsed the ecosystem. But there's hope. In the mid-90s, 41 wolves were introduced into the park and with this, the ecosystem replenished itself and flourished. The wolves did nothing but be exactly who they are meant to be and do what they were born to do. So I say to you, be the wolf. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Be the Wolf. I am excited. Today, we're going to talk to Brock Zeevan. We're going to tell you the truth about why everything sucks. Now, I know you all are out there. It's a lo- well, not all of you. Some of you are really excited about your lives, like I am. But I remember when I wasn't so excited about my life and I was just always saying, why does everything suck so bad? What is going on? Why does this stuff keep happening to me? (laughs) I'm sure a bunch of you can relate. But before we get started to tell you the secret, I want to give Brock a chance to introduce himself and to tell us all of the things that he does. He's got his fingers in a lot of pies. So listen up. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on here today. And it is the, the secret sauce. But then once they hear it, they'll be like, well, it's not so secretive. But the thing is, it's the simplicity <laughs> of it that makes it so challenging to do it day in and day out. But uh, yeah, so Brock's even from Charlotte, North Carolina. And Janine was on my podcast a couple of weeks ago and was I had a great one with with her and I appreciate the opportunity to to come on hers. Let me just tell you everybody, you need to follow this lady. She's it's pretty impressive this podcast. I was backstage. It's one of my first podcasts I actually was backstage. I was like, wow, this is crazy. I had a really good time just meeting with her and talking to her and getting to understand everything that she does and I'm blessed and fortunate. I I'm an entrepreneur coach. I'm a life coach. I do uh, real estate. I still am in the production business. I still do it. I think it's important to be in the lines of in the trenches to hear what's going on, especially in today's market, inflation, interest rates, and all that fun stuff that we got to deal with, lack of inventory, all these elements. And so I enjoy it. 
just like you know, with the with the podcast and everything else. And I'm just fortunate that I get to share a little bit about my story, share a little bit about my insight of what I've learned, especially the last seven years of my life, of my change. And I'm blessed to have two beautiful kids. I got a son, Bryce, who's going to be five, and my daughter, Brielle, who's going to be 11. Ironically and crazy enough, their birthdays are with two days of each other. Wow. So five years ago, it was a little stressful in our family trying to see when Bryce was going to be born. And Brielle wanted nothing to do with having the same birthday as his brother. <laughs> but we were fortunate that it did not happen. And so they got a little two days apart. So both their birthdays are coming up. They're at summer camp now. And so as a, a balancing act for all the parents out there trying to manage work, life, and business, it's it's pretty entertaining. So that's that's my world in a nutshell. I've been in Charlotte for 20-some years and I've been in relationship now with my girlfriend, Wendy, who is a real estate agent as well. And she keeps me grounded as well. It's nice being able to have a significant other in the same domain as you because you can share thoughts and make sure what you're doing is makes sense. I'll tell you, this, this real estate market is very unique and challenging with the lack of inventory, but it also strengthens you. It, for those that are able to pull through and make this work in this time period are going to be better on the other side, hence what we're going to be talking about a little bit today. So thanks so much for having me on here. I'm, I'm really excited about the show today. Awesome. So bringing up the real estate thing and how, you know, the market shrinking and what it causes people to do. And everybody saw this in the pandemic, right? Everything shut down. The lay of the land was completely different. We had to pivot and do something different because the thing that we had been consistently doing was not going to work in this new environment. And so I think that leads us into, I'm going to just spill the secret, the secret to why, and, and we're going to give you tips. So don't just check out after we spill the secret here. The <laughs> truth that, to why everything sucks is because of what you are consistently doing. Now, we know all the greats love the process, be consistent every day, good habits, do them every single day, and you will have great results. But nobody talks about those consistent things we do that are causing things to not go the way that we want to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's, it's, <clears throat> there's all these self help books, right? go here. There's never a shortage at the bookstore, right? Even those that they do exist, the bookstores do exist, but there is no shortage. There's tons of self-help books of building consistency, doing this. But some of the behaviors, some of the habits that we are doing today are causing us to be in the position we're in. And we need to do a deep dive to understand that. And that is one of the main ingredients today is just like the consistency of things that you, we need to pull out of what we need to remove from our life to put ourselves in a better position. Right. And if you think about it just so simply, if you have jobs that you don't like, well, that what are the things that are consistently happening there? Well, one, you're going to a job that you don't like every single day. And maybe you're not in a position to be able to leave that job. So, okay, 
That's one thing that you cannot pull out. But are you consistently not standing up for yourself? Are you consistently shutting down when people ask your opinion? Are you consistently putting on a mask and being fake? So all of these things that you might consistently be doing are they have a result. And if you Mm -hmm. do something once in a while, it's not going to be that big of a deal. But if you're doing it consistently, it creates a result. Absolutely. If you are consistently doing it day in and day out, see, then it becomes just a pattern you don't even recognize. Like if I would ask you, how how was it brushing your teeth today? I don't know. (laughs) It's so funny that you chose that particular thing. So I've decided that, well, I'm kind of in the worst shape of my life. I was doing an experiment with seeing how much my body would physically change by shifting my mind. And so I wasn't doing a lot of physical activity. And so those consistent things that I used to do, like yoga three days a week and And it all sloughed off after knee surgery. I'm sure y'all can relate to some big disruption and then it sloughed off your consistency. But one of the things I've started doing to get my body back into shape is (laughs) I brush my teeth every morning, right? Y'all probably, I think most of you do do the same thing. Maybe once in a while you skip a day, but it's a consistent thing. And... So now I've st- I do squats every day when I'm brushing wow. my Wow, there you go. And my legs are getting stronger. I like huffed up a whole bunch of stairs and didn't get winded once. Was a result of that. And that re- result is a direct reaction from the consistency of my doing squats while brushing teeth. Funny how that works. So the more squats you did, the stronger your legs got. Yeah, right? Funny. That, that that correlation, like I say many times when if you repeat this over and over again, like it typically, you know, they say a habit is built in 21 days, but realistically, scientifically, they found out that it actually is built in 90, uh, uh, 61 days or something, 61 or 62 days. So it, it's what you put in, it's what you do at the same token, it's what you take out. Because we have a choice every single day. We get to make good choices and we, may, we can make bad choices. Okay. And I made a lot of bad choices in my life. I made, and I made them over and over and over again to a point that it was either I got to figure this thing out. And that's part of my podcast of figure it out. Or I'm going to continue on this path and be in a victim mindset mode be in a complaining mindset mode, blame the entire world, blame everybody around me. Instead of one of the books that I like is extreme ownership of taking ownership of my life and being like, Hey, you are the only one making these choices and you are doing them every single day from when you wake up in the morning of your alarm clock. People complain to me all the time. I don't have enough time. Well, what time are you waking up in the morning? What time are you going to bed at night? What are you doing? How much TV are you watching? What are you are you partying in the evenings? Are you going out to dinner? Are you keep hitting the snooze button? What is what does that look like in your life? And are you consistently doing it? Many times people tell me one of my questions were when I ask this question, this is what they say. I go, I said, What time do you wake up in the morning? 
And they're like, well, I mean, it just depends. Like now it's summertime. So we kind of sleep in a little bit more because I don't have to get the kids up early as much. Like there's never a straight answer. Okay. There's never like, well, there is straight answers, but like majority of the time, there's not a straight answer. They always have something. And I say, well, what time do you go to bed? Well, I mean, it just depends if there's a movie on or a show on or, or if I'm doing this and maybe I'm out. Like there's there's no structure. Okay. And so when I ask, answer the question myself, I'm like, well, I get up at 440 every single day, Monday through Friday. Every single day? Like no matter what? Like, yes, that's, that's how I've consistently built a habit to be able to do it. My alarm will go off at 440. And then what time do you go to bed? And I and I share with them, I said, well, that depends. See, my, my consistency is in the morning. At the end of the day, I don't go to bed when I'm tired. I go to bed when I'm finished. And sometimes I don't get to go to bed every single time because I have life, I have kids, I have things that I have to do, but I'm consistently making sure that my to-do list my list that I have is accomplished before I can get into the next day. Because what we do is we take yesterday's stuff and we carry it to us into today. And then we never can stay consistent because we just never know what we're doing because we never crossed it off, wrote it down, checked it off or do of understanding what that looks like because it's never the same thing. And we're always like in a jumbled mode of being like, well, it just depends. Well, if you try to work on that and build routines and structure, then the depends becomes more of a, of a routine. And mm. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's what I'm <laughs> Well, and we, we bring in those habits and that consistency. And what, what begins to happen if you choose to make a change in your life? And what, well, first real quick, I think a lot of people try to make a lot of big changes all at once. Mm -hmm. And doing that sets your nervous system in chaos. And it actually makes your mind think that you're not safe. Because your subconscious mind thinks that you're safe when everything is consistent. When there's this like status quo of this is what we do. If you disrupt it too much your mind actually thinks that there's some sort of threat. Why are we not doing this thing that we always do? Why are we not? So if you try to change too many things at once, I mean, you all, if you all have kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They have a routine in theory. And if you disrupt that routine too much, the kids melt down. Yep. And it is literally because their subconscious mind is like, what's wrong? This is not predictable. This is must not be safe. So therefore, I need to be in fight and flight. I need to be reactive with my decision, reactive with how I respond to everything. And so if you're going to make a change, start with one thing. And then what starts to happen, just like the other day, because I've been consistent with some of my new changes, I literally said to myself as I was brushing my teeth. Doing <laughs> your like, squats. No, I was, I said, my legs are sore. I'm not going to do the squats today. And I sat there and I started to feel physically uncomfortable because my subconscious mind had already associated 
the link between brushing the teeth and doing squats. And so I tried to hijack it and I felt the uncomfortable, like fight and flight, little bit of my nervous system being like, what's she doing? Why is she not doing that thing? Wait a minute, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be going up and down when we do this. Right? <laughs> exactly. So that's one of the things that starts to, when you do those consistent things, your mind just starts to naturally do them and you don't what have What is that? Pablo's, that's like Pablo's law. Of yeah, how, they, yeah. When, when it's a neurological that, like they, link, and it is, it is the secret to getting what you want, becoming who you want to be. Because when those things that you start to do consistently become so much of a habit that you're not thinking about them, it's it happens without effort. It becomes easy to consistently do the things that you want to do. I'm not way quite a few years back. I made I was doing nothing consistently, nothing quote good consistently, <laughs> and I made one change. I started meditating every single day. I meditated for two hours straight for three years in a row. Now I st I meditate for an hour now, but occasionally longer, but. I watched just that one thing change my life dramatically. I let go of a toxic relationship that I was clinging on to. I took big leaps with my business that I would never have done before. There were so many things that was moving me towards the kind of life I really wanted. And it was because I just did one thing consistently. So... I don't, I don't even, we haven't even talked about this. Maybe we did. I can't remember. But the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller. So seven years ago, seven and a half years ago, I actually have it here on my, on my book stand here. I read the book. And at the time period, when you talk about unconscious brain and, and all that stuff, that was, that was me where I knew I had a problem, but I didn't know how to solve this drinking problem. And so I started to read the book, The One Thing. And I remember reading it. I'm like, man, what's the one thing I could do that could just change my life and make some changes and doing this? And and I was I thought of everything under the sun except removing drinking from my life. I was consistent with drinking. I had that down pat. Down to a science. <laughs> I knew when to drink. I knew what ABC stores were open. I knew everything was. I knew which friends I can go to, which friends of the days of the week that I could do. I had it down to a science. And I was a functioning alcoholic. And I did it for years. And I would deny and deny and deny because that became my norm. So as we talked about consistency, drinking was my consistent substance being put into my body that it just became like it was normal for me to feel that 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 whatever feel I was looking for. And if I didn't have it, I would go find it until I got it. And then I became very self-centered and selfish, and that started to deteriorate my marriage, deteriorate well, I, my finances. I, I, want, I do want to dive deep into this story because, you know, a lot of people, of course, everybody knows like, oh, if you drink too much, it's bad. But there is... 
this place where it's either a consistent thing or a not consistent thing. And the things that you do consistently affect every other piece. Before we dive in there, I, though, I really would love for people to get to know where they can find you, where they can find you, how they can work with you. So now I'm going to give everybody a spoiler. We know that Brock here has overcome his drinking and become very consistent with so many things. But tell us what now are a couple of the things that you're super consistent about that has has brought additional growth and love and success in your life before we dive into the deep story, the dark story. Okay. So as far as my contact information, I think you just put it on the screen that we have there. The real estate, the one broker, brockzevan.com, that is a website that has everything like for speaking engagements, podcasts, real estate, buyers, coaching, like that really has everything. The bz3enterprises.com is more along the lines of specifically coaching and speaking. I, I made a shift in my life the last year on more coaching and speaking and, and inspiring and helping people with addiction, helping people with challenges, behavior, time management, all that jazz. And then the YouTube and podcast, Brock the Rock Talks, is on there as well. As far as... What was the, then your second question? So what, it, like, since the stopping drinking, what are a couple of really consistent oh. things that you do now? So I'm very, very disciplined in owning the morning. I studied a lot of the most successful people in this, in this world, really. And I learned that they had a routine and a behavior, a pattern in the morning. And I also realized that mo I, most of the seven-figure earners are start waking up with a four as part of their alarm clock. Well, I didn't want to wake up at four o'clock in the morning, so I figured 4.40 was good. <laughs> so I, I do that because I attain to be a seven-figure earner. So if you want to be whatever it is that you want to be, you need to associate yourself with what they do. And so I looked at the littlest things at what time they got up in the morning, and so that's why I get up at 4.40. And so my morning routine is down to a science. I'm, I get up. I'm very disciplined in it. I either do a 20-minute walk if I have my kids because I can't leave the house, needless to say. But I typically go to the gym. I work out for about 50 minutes. And then I come back, and I'm very adamant. I've now read, I think it's 76 books, 77 books. But I read 10 pages a day. And so I've read 10 pages a day during the last 18, 19 months. And sometimes I do a little recreational reading. But for the most, I'm not a big reader and to, to, for your audience. Like, like so because somebody's going to say, well, I'm not a reader. Right. And I would say, well, that's fine. Either am I. But I value my morning routine. So I will read my 10 pages. It's just building discipline. It's just building that, that, that mindset of being like, this is what I need to do. And so I read 10 pages a day. I journal three minutes. Once again, I'm not a big writer. I don't enjoy writing, but I write three minutes a day. Okay. It's what works for me and how I do it. I read two devotionals and then I, what's the other thing I do? I think that's, 
journal, devotions, workout, 20 minutes. Yeah, so that's that's basically my morning routine. And then I have it down to like, I'll drink my vitamins. I take seven different vitamins and herbs that I take. And then I, I drink um, like a protein shake. And then I have coffee. Like literally, that's just it's just what I've learned to do is I had a dis... It, and here's the thing, Jania, we talk about it's consistency. Like you right. can, like, it's, it's all I do. It's like my kids, they know exactly. As soon as they get on breakfast, they go upstairs, they brush their teeth, they get dressed, they get their clothes for school, and they come downstairs. I just said, you know what? I need to train myself as a child because this is what I'm doing. This is what I got to do. Yeah. Like, I mean, success with the kids. So why can't there be success with adults? Exactly. And one of the things when, I was switching meditation styles and there's some breathing techniques that sometimes in the morning I wouldn't want to do, but I was trying to create a new habit. So I'd said, Jenea, we can do hard things. That's like, that's my mantra when I'm starting a new habit, because I know that I can do hard things. Or if you don't like the word hard, because sometimes that's a little like oh, to the to the brain. Oh, it's hard. I don't want to do it. Jenea, we can do things that take effort right that feels a little softer (laughs) like we can do things that take effort so when you're building those new consistent habits by saying in those moments when you don't want to do it say your name out loud like you're talking to yourself brock we can do things that take effort you know, and, and so and little by little. And now even when I feel, have a like I've had a headache a couple mornings and that breathing technique like makes my head feel like crazy. So but it just is natural now. I tried to meditate the other day and not do it, but it's created a habit. The neurological link is there. So it's there now diving into when you started looking at your life and everything was not going the way you wanted, everything was starting to suck. I'm just going to venture and say that. And, and you started examining what, nicely. Were, <laughs> what were some of the other things that you were trying to look at, maybe to eliminate or try to do instead of the drinking? Because I know for even myself, when I was drinking a lot, I was like, I, ca- I can't like I even turned down jobs because I would like it's too far away. I would I'd have to drink and drive after work or something like that. And I was like, I don't want to do that. So I was being mindful of like safety, but I was not saying like, oh, maybe that's an issue because I'm turning down a good job for the fact that I want to still keep drinking after work so what were some of the things that you tried to maybe blame it on before you realized it was or admitted that it was the drinking that was in the way well i mean you you go into well maybe if i just made more money right i was broke i didn't have as much money maybe maybe if i i had more money then then things would be a little bit easier for me Okay. I blamed a lot of my marriage. I said, maybe if I was just separated. So literally I separated and I was just like, I'm just going to live on my own. That was a huge, huge mistake. Because when you're by yourself all the time, 
Because mm-hmm. removing yourself, I thought, like, if I remove myself from from what's causing this pain, I'll be in a better position. Well, all I did was take one pain and put it in another place, and I was just pain by myself is what took right. place. Well, no matter and, where you are, no matter where you go, there you are. Yeah, it's it, it just it just it, I just had a different address to my pain. That's that's all really it was. And so it was cause like it caused suicidal thoughts. It caused me to be like, you know what? This isn't worth it. And I still didn't think drinking. I was like, well, drinking can't be it. Well, Brock, alcohol is a depressant. Yeah, but I'm not depressed because I'm happy all the time. And really what it was, it was masking things the entire time. So like these ingredients, those things are just kind of, it's like the Tetris. Remember back in the day, the Tetris? And if you didn't get the names, I just felt like nothing was working. And that's how the suicide started coming inside my head. Cause I was like, I can't do this. I can't fix this. This isn't working. And, and it was just, it was, it was torture. It really was. I was, I, I, I really was in a bad place 2015 to 2017. I was going through a lawsuit. It was tough. I was at an attorney's office. I had no money. I had to pull out all my retirement from being a school teacher for 12 years and just every corner I turned, it really was. And, and I, I remember it was in September. There'll be seven years coming up. Cause I could, like you said, well, I can't stop cause I was being counseling, but mm-hmm. I couldn't stop drinking because I was like, well, it's my birthday. July 3rd is my I- birthday. So I was like, well, it's my birthday. I mean, and then we're going on vacation and then, and then we have this event coming up. Like I had more excuses than you possibly can imagine. And I say it to all, t- I say it to people now is like the only time excuses sound really good are the person who creates them. That's the only person who thinks it sounds really good. Everybody else is like, what an excuse that is. Like, that's a joke. But that was me. I had more excuses than you can imagine. And I just went down this. I just, I struggle big time with that. Yeah. I, I'm the, it's the job's fault. It's the boyfriend or girlfriend's fault. Yeah. And what we don't realize is we are creating our results by, by our consistency. Like, I cannot tell you how many times I dated a certain type of man and was so frustrated. That, <laughs> right. Why is this not working out? Why does this happen every single time? Why do I bend over backward for them? Right. This was jobs as well as relationships. Of course, see, there's a pattern. There's a thing that I was doing. Why do I bend over backward? Nobody appreciates it. And then they end up getting mad at me because I'm either too needy, too smothering, too whatever. And else they're like, So I don't understand. I'm trying so hard to do everything right. I'm working so hard. And but the things I was doing consistently was sacrificing myself for somebody else's needs, not taking care of my own needs. And so a big piece of that consistency across the board, when we're automatically going to look at the things outside of us. It's just the way the human works. First, we're going to think the problem is outside of us. Mm-hmm. And so it's got to be the things around us that are consistent. So then once we try a bunch of things to get rid of, like we move, <laughs> I moved 3,000 miles away to get rid away from some of those things. And sure enough, cycles like 
startup all over again. So you start to look at what am I doing that's consistent? Mm. Not the job, not my stupid boss, not my stupid coworker, not my partner who's driving me crazy. What am I doing that's consistent? So for me, it was bending over backwards, putting other people's needs first and not even asking if they wanted my help. Like mm -hmm. that was another piece of it. But those were things that I was doing consistently that led to me feeling like I was taken advantage of, led to resentment, led to so many negative things. I have a question. When you were doing, when you were drinking consistently, were you able to do any of those morning habits? I didn't even know what a morning habit was at the time, except <laughs> drink some water, uh, have some ibuprofen. Right. If I had a hangover and not a proud moment, but I would be drinking wine first thing in the morning because that got rid of any, any headaches, any problems. I was able to ease into it. So I used to drink a bottle of wine, white wine, didn't like the red, white wine, Sauvignon Blanc or Pinot Grigio was, that's what I literally was having in the morning. It just it like, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about that now. That was, that was my consistency. Yeah, I think those of you that drink or drink a lot or drink a little know that feeling in the morning. I don't think it happens when you're super young, but after about 26, maybe <laughs> on up, you wake up with that hangover and you start to sort of come down a little bit and you have this anxiety. I call it anxiety. It's like yeah. your anxiety. So all that stuff that you were trying to drink away, all those problems. They feel tenfold of what they were the day before. So, you know, a little hair of the dog it only takes a, a little bit of shampoo to make it set up right all over again. And, and you get rid of that. But then you still continue the cycle. It's one of those things like here is the cure to get rid of the anxiety. But then ultimately it creates like more. It creates the domino effect. So if you're consistent about it, it's going, whatever you're consistent about is going to expand exponentially. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the compound effect. And another book, a, a great book that I read was The Slight Edge. And The Slight Edge talks about the compound effect, doing the 1% better every day. If you do that over a year, 365% better. Yeah. And I would hear it over and over and over and over again. But I wasn't taking the action steps to do it. And so until I decided to take action of my one thing, and you brought up a good, I'm, I'm taking notes over here. So <laughs> one of the things I wrote down that you said here is, and this is going to sound mean, but you got to understand where I'm coming from with this. Until I started to become selfish and still until I started to learn what Brock needed and to understand me, all bets were off. If I didn't take care of myself, Jim Rohn says, when you start working on yourself, People work harder on their jobs than on themselves. And when I start, when I heard that, I was like, I don't think I've ever really worked on myself. I don't think I've ever really put any energy, effort, time. All I did, here's, here's what I did. I just did it physically to try to attract females mm -hmm. to it. I was doing it for all the wrong reasons. It wasn't to be like in healthy and physically fit and anything. I was doing zero for mindset, zero. 
because I couldn't because I was never thinking with clarity because all my actions, see, action creates clarity. And my action steps I was taking was drinking and substance related late nights, early mornings, trying to figure things out, doing things that I, I, I you know, just complete chaos. And that action was just creating fog and smoke and everything else until I start, started to work about myself and learn about myself and understand who I am. I take the five, I took the five love language quiz. I wish I did it many years ago. Actually, I did it with my ex-wife, but I didn't understand it. I was too immature. I was too, I was too masked by whatever else that I had going on in my life. And so that would be something I like learn about yourself. Take the Tony Robbins disc assessment. Take the Patrick Linciani's six geniuses assessment. Take the five love language quiz. Learn about yourself to understand who you are. So that way you can start to understand people around you. And the beautiful thing that I know so many of you out there, you're beating yourselves up. And you're like, I'm not doing these things consistently. I'm just doing all this crap consistently. But who you are right now is perfect. And the more you understand about who you are, the easier it will be for you to take the care of you. One of the things I always say when you talk about that idea of selfish is like, what do I need to do to take care of the organism of me. If you have a dog, you're not going to feed the dog chocolate. You're not going to make the dog run 45 miles an hour until it collapses and almost, you know, doesn't live. Just <laughs> 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 my language. Nice. Good word you're not going to do that. So you think about you take care of a dog, an animal, or your children, you would not do to them the things you do to the organism of yourself. And a lot of people are out there just trying to pile on doing these things to fix, like to fix themselves and to fix how they think that they're broken. And you're not broken. You're working perfectly. But if you're trying to do all of this stuff to try and fix yourself so that you can have a better partner, so that you can have all these things outside of you that you don't, that you want, if you think because you think that's what you need and you ultimately think that that partner or that job is going to be the thing that says you have arrived. And I know so many people get in great relationships and have great jobs and then they get there and they're like, is this all there is? They're still, they feel the same. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that people do uh, that's a big fad right now to try and make everything better is everybody's on the self-care bandwagon. But what you guys do not understand is that if you're running and trying to do self-care as maintenance, you're running yourself ragged and you're trying to squeeze in the self-care because it's what you think you should do, it's actually going to make your career stress worse. Mm -hmm. It's going to make your stress levels higher. I have a free gift for you all that you can access. It's called Three Reasons Self-Care Makes Career Stress Worse and the One Thing That Actually Works. And it's not consistency. It's something different. So you guys will have to check it out. Um, and you can get that at elevatefreegift.com. Open up your browsers now, type in elevatefreegift 
com so you can get a copy of that. Now, once you, how long did it take after you stopped drinking for the consistency of stopping drinking for you to start to notice results in your life? Well, when you have such a drastic change, I think the bigger the change, the the higher the impact happens for me, that is. So when I stopped drinking within the first 30 days, there started to be a little bit of, I had, you know, some tolerance withdrawal issues. I had some physical issues that I was going through, but your support group, I was in AA at the time period. So I was building consistency of going to a meeting, building consistency of what was working. I didn't try to reinvent the wheel. A lot of our challenges, guys, people have had them before. Like there's nobody that's got a special problem. Like, well, no, mine's different. No, that's just your ego and you thinking you are different. You're not. We, you know, why is me? I can't, God, I can't believe you're doing this to me. Like, he's not purposely doing anything. Nobody's purposely hurting you. Nobody's purposely, it's just you're in a victimhood. We were talking about today in the, in the Mindset Morning Show of being in victimhood. You know, we all go to victimhood. We all go to victimville. But how long do you stay there? Some people stay there so long that they like get rental property. They, they live there. They build a house. They build a family. Like, no, it's, you got to get out of there as soon as you possibly can. And so it didn't take me very long to recognize that like it started to put me in a better position. The biggest challenge I had though was I wanted to start to celebrate. I wanted to start to tell everybody because I thought I was a really cool guy. Now I'm like, man, I did it. I wanted to do it. And I remember my sponsor, and I can't tell you exactly what he said because of the profanity. But he lit a fire underneath me. He says, Brock, what do you want to tell everybody that you're finally a normal human, a normal adult, a normal husband, a normal father, that you're doing what what you should have been always doing? Now this is when you want to go like, well, look as me. He goes, you don't say anything. You just keep acting. You keep doing it. You keep showing up and you keep going through this every single day. And what happened was is, you get yourself in a position that sometimes I think you said it, but you got to think small sometimes. Don't think like yeah. I'm not going to drink the rest of my life. Oh gosh, or, that's too big. That's, that's way too hard. Puts you out of perspective. It's like I can't think that. So I had I had to break it down. I used I literally I would tell people I like I broke it down in six hour increments. If I just don't drink for six hours, I can make it. And then I would get to six hours, I'm like okay, six more hours. And I started to build that up. And build that up and think about that and start to put that and start to build some repetition, start to build some consistency around that. And so 30 days led to 60 days and then led to 90 days. And then my biggest stumping, my biggest challenge is after you get to a year, you're like, now what? And I was just looking at my book here, The Law of Sacrifice by John Maxwell. There's the 21 irrefutable laws and in there it's called destination disease. And the destination disease is when you get to your destination and you're like, well, uh, now what? I, I, I did it. Let me revert back to my right. norm. And so I got to that year and I was like, oh, man, I got I had to do this for another year again. And so like it was it was tough. I, I had to go, you know, back to the grinding and back to working on myself, back to my, double checking my morning routine, 
making sure I was doing everything, staying a little bit more cognitive around my environment. All these little things started. I had to do it again. And so it builds up over time. Like I couldn't go out for two years. I didn't, I didn't go to any holiday parties. I didn't go to events. I was cautious around family. You have to be cognitive of your environment. You got to be aware of who, who's, I lost friends, but those friends weren't people that I probably should have been friends with right. to begin with. Right. And I'm sure just like you, it changed your environment, change with, but you got to change yourself first before your environment starts to change. Right. And now I built it up enough strength after seven years that I can go into those environments and be fine. Like it's, it doesn't, because I, I see the bigger picture. I see what's right. more important. My why is bigger, stronger than, than, than any excuse I possibly can create. Well, and you, through that consistency, you created a different life for yourself. You created all those things that you were hoping to get by the euphoria of drinking. But of course, the results never come from that particular thing. So you created the life that you actually wanted. So you know the consequences of sliding back to old patterns, old habits, you know that that will lead you back to the old life. And when you have that market difference of like, wow, I was, you know, in a place where I was thinking about taking my life. I was so not happy to this place where I am so freaking excited to wake up every single day. I mean, that's a big gap. And when we're talking about addiction, too, it's like that place when you're at that place where you're so bombed out about what's going on in your life, man, those short term highs from the drugs and alcohols, they make you feel real good. Mm -hmm. But then you come back down to the bottom. And when you build your life so that it's the kind of life that you want, even if you're not somebody like I still drink occasionally and you know, I can have those highs, but the the amount of how good it makes me feel is so small compared to my normal everyday baseline that it's really not a thing. But when your everyday baseline is so low and the drugs or the alcohol make you feel so much better, of course, it is totally natural to lean into them. But when you create through consistency the life that you really want. Those highs that you get from the drugs and alcohol, they're so small that they're just not even of consequence. Mm-hmm. Well, your, your body plays tricks on you and games on you to make you feel a certain way so you can have that high and that low and it, it makes you addicted to it. And, yeah. and, and want to do it and, and get you in that position. And one of the things I would, I would share with people, this is a book. I showed it to you beforehand, but Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Oops, screen here. And this book really helped me tremendously, probably near three when I read this. And somebody said to me, ever read Atomic Habits? Because when you hear Atomic Habits, you're not thinking of behaviors, patterns, and routines. Like I right. But just cause, it says it here, an easy and pro proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. Yeah. Well, duh, Brock. I mean, there you go. <laughs> right there for what you needed. And 
And that really transformed it because it comes up with strategies, tactics, how to become consistent. Because you can't consistently come consistent overnight. It takes time. You can't speed up the process. You can't go to Walmart, Amazon and say, I like to order four weeks of consistency, please. It doesn't happen that way. You have to be able to do it, right? you got to be able to do it on your own. You can't say, hey, Brielle Bryce, I need you to be consistent for me today. Could you could you put pack it up and, and take it out of the fridge and, and let me have it for di-? like the only way to do it is you have to go through it and you have to grow through it every freaking day of your life. You have to do it. And when you get there, like you said, there comes a point and I changed my addictive behaviors to drinking to this utopia of this consistency where people it, it's they're the law of attraction. They're more attra- like you get up at 440. You read this. You do this. You do like between 430 and five is my is my sweet spot. So there you go. Like you you get it. But we had to go through this process. I'm a strong believer that people say, boy, do you wish that this you learn this sooner? Or they're pa-? No, this was the journey God had me on. This was what he wanted me to do because I wouldn't be on these podcasts. I wouldn't be speaking on stages. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I wrote a, I'm finishing writing this book, My Mess to Success. I couldn't have that if I don't have a mess. In order to have, in order to go through this, I had to have a mess that I had to go through. I tell the people, maybe you don't have to go through so much, but that's what I had to do to be able to get there. But that's why I stay so consistent is because I don't ever want to go back there. It was miserable. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about how people can find you. Who are the kind of people that you like to coach? So I, I, I typically, and this is not to the people are be like, wait a minute, I'm not an addict. Like I typically find people who are addicted to some, something it's either work, it's either they're divorced <laughs> or they're either they're in a position where like they're an addict and they're trying to figure themselves out financial situation. Like really people, when people hear my story, like how I got out of debt, how I became, an, you know, overcome this addiction. I've been in a four and a half year divorce. Like it's, it's been a challenge. So I typically, which I love is people who are going through a challenge, which, which happens to be a lot of people <laughs> because true. life is not very simple. And, and that's what I, I, I share that with people. And I'm really blessed and fortunate that it's just my action of what I do day in and day out of constantly doing it. No excuses. Nothing ever gets in the way. And so that's that's typically, well, and a lot of it is real estate agents just because I've been in the real estate agency right. for 15 plus years. Yeah, lenders. Like knowledge. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And I love it though. I'm, I, I get so excited. Like the best, like, cause I was a football coach and nothing is better when somebody calls me like, Brock, I did it and it worked. I, I said this or I did this and it's like, wait, it worked. And I was just like, that's what it's all about. That that's what gets me fired up. And that's what gets me excited. Awesome. Awesome. And they can, if somebody wants to work with you to, as a coach, they go to brokerbroxevan.com. Like a tongue twister. It's a tongue right? twister. Yeah. So, you can either go to brokerbroxevan.com or the bz3enterprises.com. Any of those get you to it. And there's Calendly. A lot of times, you know, it's just a 15 minute talk because some people might not even be there. And this is not to be mean until you want it. It yeah. doesn't matter what I say. 100%. I can say it's all blue in the face. 
But until you want it, until you get it and understand it, and you're like, I'm ready. Like you could see it just like you. I'm there was a defining moment you had when you said you see, I can see it already in your eyes and your grin, your dimples are smiling. You'd get your cheek going when it was that you had a defining moment is like enough isn't I, I got to make a change. So many of them. I've had <laughs> so many of them. And you all, if you if your mess is your job and you're feeling miserable at work, but for whatever reason, you're not in a position to leave it. Or maybe you don't want to. Maybe it's a good job for you, but you don't want to feel the way you've been feeling. You can jump on a call with me at elevatebookacall.com. So open up those browsers, you guys. BZ3Enterprises.com or Elevate bookacall.com and talk to one of us if you want help getting out of your mess if you're ready just like brock said now one last thing what would be the piece of advice you would give your past self who was in denial if you could say one thing that you think that man might hear actually hear what would it be? I've been asked this question several times, and I think every time I say it, I say something different because either wisdom's changed, experience have changed, I read something that's changed in my life in some capacity. And my biggest thing is, are you proud of being the person you are? Yeah. Are you are you happy at where you are? And 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 really it's elevated to like if your kids saw you now, Brock, would they be proud of you? And that sometimes gets me teared up because like, I want, I don't want my kids to know, like at some point, oh, see, it gets me. Like at some point, my kids are going to know about me being an alcoholic. And at some point I'm going to have to have that conversation with them. That's going to be like, you know, they're, they're going to say it in a joking round way. Maybe not because this is just my limiting mindset, but they're going to be like, wait, dad, you can't control your drinking. What's wrong with you? You know, you, you don't know how, like you seriously can't drink dad. Like, why can't you drink? And all these thoughts are going to go inside my head. But I know that if that old Brock was here, we wouldn't have this relationship, Bryce. We wouldn't have this relationship, bro. I don't even know if I had DSS called against me. Yeah. And I almost lost my kids. And so, like, when you get to a position that you can't control and the government's involved, I, I, I can only pray that you never have to go through that. Because it was miserable and other people were controlling. I was divorced. And so my ex-wife was involved and like at any given point. So if I was to say and ask myself, I would say like, are you proud of being the person you are? And would your kids be proud of you seeing you like this? I don't know. Maybe that would have changed me back then. But, you know, it's, it, I think about it often. That's what keeps me in the position that, I'm, that I, I want to remain in and become the best version of me. And I want my kids to see the best version of me. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful question. And I know I tell people a lot of times, I don't know if I should do this or do that. And I say, what is the thing that you're going to be proud of yourself for doing a month from now? Mm-hmm. Because right now we're all up in the feelings and the indecision. And the, da, da, da. But a month from now or six months from now, there's a clear indication of usually of which decision is the better decision, which one you would be most proud of that you did. On that note, I want to thank you and remind everybody when we feel good about who we are and what we do, we create joy and elevate humanity. 
Thank you, Brock, for sharing your story and your wisdom with us. Such an honor to have you here. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me. And it's been a joy getting to know you over the last several weeks. And I wish you all the very best. You're an amazing person. You And I love hearing your story and how you've changed and you've helped so many other people as well. So hats off to you as well and doing this podcast to help people. Awesome. Beautiful. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time on Be the Wolf. Bye. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be the Wolf. Please take a moment to rate, share, and follow this podcast so that together we can inspire others to be the wolf.